Chapter 2 I don't remember when I decided to write the book. I know I'd wanted to write for a long time and there were any number of false starts and some of the ideas I'd had still seemed great to me. But the ideas in this book, the book you're reading, grab me strongly enough that I want to get this one done. Most of the ideas for it came to me while I was walking Hercules, our golden retriever, around our suburb after dark. I'd been listening to music and dreaming, dreaming my way through the scenes I'd later write. It was my escape from suburban existence, I think. I would dream of an alternate history of my life and experience it as if it were real. At first I wrote with a clutch pencil. The first parts of the book were stored in a green plastic document case. My logic was that I could write anywhere. There were no batteries to run out, so there'd be no excuse. The thing is, at some point I had to transcribe all that I'd written in my handwriting, especially in pencil, is difficult to read. It's difficult to read. And the idea of using the paper and pencil to reduce friction never helped me get more done. I remained a procrastinator. I fantasized that I was leaving writing to my muse, but my muse was very lazy. I did in the end get into the habit of each evening going into the study and writing. I'd shut the door behind me and sit in front of the computer. Sometimes I'd almost fall asleep, but I'd heard somewhere that part of writing is just showing up. If you're sitting there with all the equipment, eventually, all the equipment, eventually something will happen. And it mostly did. And in this way, I'm progressing, if slowly, just a little each evening. It isn't much fun. It's mostly work. There's a quote from an author which says something like, it's only enjoyable to have written. As I sit here in a different house in a different state, I can remember those evenings. Right now I'm writing this without any music, but back then and sometimes now I would try various things to help my enthusiasm. I'm stronger now. I can focus better. Sometimes I can even write early in the morning before breakfast. I'm proud of the discipline. I still hope for that day when I get accepted for publishing. I guess I need to let you read the book for a while, though. Chapter 3 a youngish man, perhaps 30, gets out of his car and stands for a moment just looking about as a sightseer might, randomly. The car is parked in a village stopping strip. It is early morning and there aren't many people. Shopkeepers could be seen preparing for the day ahead and in a few of the cafes that catered for the early starters there were customers eating breakfast. The shop fronts looked real. They looked worn and weathered, but solid like an old clock, which is to say that this place didn't seem like somewhere just done up for the tourists. It had been styled to be attractive, but the style had just fallen out of the organic usage, out of need and care. The man looked out of place as he began walking along the street. He was dressed in a way that marked him as different, and he moved with an unmistakable confidence. His self-assurance was obvious. The man was a musician a singer in his band, but he'd grown up in this small French town. He'd walked these streets as a child. This was his place even now, even though he no longer looked like a villager. He'd come up from Paris because he needed the calmness and reality of this place. He came back here when he could to visit his family and to relax. The town never lost its draw for him, even though he loved the busyness and chaos of Paris. He was well known. 
not famous in a way that would be a burden, but people in the streets of major cities would recognize him. But here, he was, he was just the wild, willful, oldest son of one of the community's respected families. Like many successful musicians, the desire to perform had been with him from a very early age. That desire had been the instigator for his interest in music. His parents had tolerated his need to sing and they'd somehow kept to their criticism of his risky career choice to a level that never led to friction. They'd tolerated the strange acquaintances that accumulated around him as he became embedded in a community of people like himself. They'd watched him perform many times, even though the style of music was foreign to them and the, and the crowds made them feel, feel ill at ease. And when he became famous, they accepted that too. His family were a constant here and he loved the way they never seemed to change. The family home in this village was their universe and this stability helped provide a sane base for him when he needed it. But right now he wanted breakfast apart from his family. He was heading to a coffee shop here he couldn't live without, a shop unlike any he could find in Paris. It was just a little way further along the street here, opposite a bakery that, that had been there since he was a child. The fitful morning sun was flickering on and off through the dark grey clouds and the wind had turned very cold. He reached the front window and looked inside, noticing that were, there were only a few customers inside. He pushed open the door and immediately smelt the coffee mixed with the smell of damp wool slowly drying from body heat and the warmth of the cafe itself. As he walked into the cafe, a calmness seemed to descend on him, the first calm he'd felt for a long time. After closing the door behind him, he stood for a moment, for a moment, savouring the feeling of the old place, and then the owner, Harry, noticed him. Gabriel, it's good to see you back here so soon. Gabriel smiled, but it was clear to Harry that behind the smile there were concerns that were troubling him. Hey Harry, I can't stay away, you know that. Is it the usual? Yeah, sure, thank you. He sat down at a table near the front window, stretching his long legs out and leaning slightly back, staring into the street. He imagined for a few seconds how it would be if he still lived here. Perhaps he too would be working in a shop, and only sometimes would he sing, just when the customers who really knew him would ask. And reluctantly he'd set down his tea towel, pick up the guitar and sing some local favourite. That would have been a relaxed life, although perhaps ultimately not fulfilling. The coffee was not long in coming. Harry, who was the owner and chief barista, came and sat opposite him, breaking, out, breaking him out of his daydream. So how are your parents, well as ever, and your children? My oldest, he still wants to follow in your footsteps. My youngest, perhaps he'll work here soon. And my wife, she's visiting her friends in Paris. Things are good. I see your name in the papers a little recently, but I can see also that you are troubled. Yes, it's true. I didn't, I didn't imagine that I could hide it from you. The band members are perhaps getting a little tired of one another. Too much time spent together. Too much work, I think. They're having some particular issues at the moment with the lead guitarist. I have to say I never liked Lewis. Well, not so many people do, but he is a good guitarist and they're hard to find. I don't want to lose the guy. We've been trying to work it out, all the rest of us. You aren't hopeful, though. I can see it in your eyes. Gabriel just nodded. Just then another customer came in and Harry got up to serve. 
Gabriel savoured the coffee and tried to remain calm. He recalled the most recent argument he'd had with Louis. Lewis. What a lot of ground artistic differences covered. In this case, it was really a euphemism for a struggle of, for a struggle for power and control. Perhaps this was always what it meant. He was tired of the arguments and of the petty politics. Sometimes in his darker moments, he wondered if it were, if it were time, if if it was if it was time for the band to finish up. Had they done their stuff? They were still very popular, and there were still many moments when it was a lot of fun. But it was also tough, and it was almost used up. More customers came into the cafe. A couple of them nodding to Gabriel, but leaving him to his coffee and his thoughts. A cold wind followed them in through the door, making the place a little less comfortable. In order not to think about his problems, he rode for a while from his phone, avoiding any of the email or text messages. After about an hour, he got up, waved to Harry and left. He began to walk aimlessly, and as he walked, he remembered how the band had felt at first when they'd first become successful. Even though it looked like insanity to be out there on stage in front of screaming fans, it had somehow become relaxing. For a while it had been like arriving at a destination he'd struggled to reach so much that it had begun to seem unreal. Of course, some doubts would set in. How would they be able to stay at the peak they'd reached? Where would new songs, songs come from that were better than the first? And, and as is so common with the, with the success and the worry about maintaining this success, small problems were magnified, with the result that it seemed certain there would soon be some kind of major change. A resolution seemed impossible. Communication with Lewis had become very difficult. Once he would have said that he was only fully alive in those hours on stage, now the worry and stress of the situation finally shattered the calm which had up to now hardly ever been dented. It had got so bad that he had been driven to walk the streets of his hometown in the bitter cold in an effort to try to sort out how he felt and what he should do. He reached the top of a small rise and turned right, walking past older houses that were familiar from his childhood. Ordinarily he would be able to walk these streets for hours, but now the freezing cold wind blew away any nostalgia. All of a sudden he decided he'd had, he'd had enough. This wasn't calming him down and all he could think of was the cold. He turned and began to run back to where he'd parked. Once he reached the freeway, the rain started pouring down so heavy that all the drivers around him slowed to about 70 kilometers an hour. It was as he neared the outskirts of Paris that he came to what he felt was the unavoidable conclusion. The band would have to replace Lewis if it were to continue, and the thought filled Gabriel with worry. There were lots of guitarists around, but very few possessed the dedication and skill required, and worse, Lewis one of his oldest friends would have to be told and that was he, and that he was that he was going to be ta- cast aside and the job of walking lewis out of the band would fall to gabriel